0: WRBH, Reading Radio for the Blind. This is the Public Affairs Show. I'm Carla Redondo, former chief meteorologist of WWL TV, and I am visually impaired. I have retinitis pigmentosa and I walk with a white cane. On today's episode of the Public Affairs Show, I have on a voice you're going to hear quite often over the next few months because I have the voice of the Lady Green Wave Basketball. Paul Boron, he's in to talk about the upcoming season because WRBH carries the Lady Hoops for Tulane and also the men's baseball, but we're in a basketball season, so we're going to talk Lady Basketball for Tulane. Paul, thanks for joining us today.
1: I appreciate you having me.
0: As always, I like to start off (laughs) letting our listeners know, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, school, family, whatever you want to share, let people
1: know who Paul is. Well, I grew up in South Florida, the West Palm Beach area. I went to high school down there. I went to college at the University of Florida. Uh, I knew I wanted to be in broadcasting really since I was six, seven years old. I was fascinated as a kid by Bob Barker. That was like, the, <laughs> I like I wanted to be on TV like him. And then once I got into sports, I just, I mean, my parents will tell you, I used to sit there and like broadcast games with the sound down in front of the TV, so I always wanted to be a play-by-play guy. Uh, As I mentioned to you off air, I kind of got sidetracked out of school a little bit and went the local news route and local sports. And I was behind the camera, but also in front of the camera. So I really kind of got away from play-by-play until I got here to New Orleans. I moved here 14 years ago, 2009, and uh, I got the opportunity to do Newman High School football on the radio. And that kind of got me back into it. Uh, then I started doing some live streaming high school stuff. And uh, it's just kind of grown from there. I do uh, two lane women's basketball, as you mentioned. Uh, I fill in on basketball, sometimes for Corey, baseball, sometimes for Corey. I'll work on the TV side on ESPN, Plus doing some two lane volleyball and basketball. And I've even done two lane tennis. And. Uh, I fill in a little bit at Nichols, doing football and basketball on the radio, and I also work at a uh, live streaming high school network here in town called Varsity Sports Now. So uh, I try and fill up uh, the schedule quite a bit, but uh, it does make my head spin sometimes uh, with doing so many different sports and too ma- so many different teams and all that.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, it sounds like a little bit like me because I knew from elementary school I wanted to be a meteorologist and didn't change my mind. I've had the... oak tape recorder, you know, you know, press and record and talking into a mic and give a uh, fake weather forecast, you know, like I was on TV. So it sounds like you and I are kind of the same kind of genre where we believe we were going to do something.
1: Well, and you'll appreciate know. this. I initially wanted to be a weatherman, like before I got into sports, I didn't get into sports until I was about eight or nine. Uh-huh. So after the Bob Barker love affair, the first thing I wanted to do was weather, actually. That was, the f- and I've done weather one time when at the student rate or a student TV station at the university of florida they filled me in on their noon i'm like all right i'll do it and, and so i gave uh a 99 percent ch- or a one percent chance of rain because i said it's florida there's always a chance and Right, so, exactly <laughs> See, you're smart you cover yourself <laughs> That's cover right. your forecast That's well right. it's another word but
0: good all right so Tell people where they can follow you on social media or information that they can find more about you or Lady Greenwave or whatever you want to give your social media stuff. Well, obviously,
1: you can follow Tulane Athletics, uh, you know, wherever on on, on their website or uh, at Tulane Athletics on Twitter. You can follow me at at P Boron 88. Um, obviously, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and all that stuff, too. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, and I'm pretty much an open book with people if they ask me a question, uh, you know. And I, I do every game. Uh, we do a podcast with Lisa Stockton. We'll have a back and forth about other stuff. So y- you'll get to know me over the course of the year because I'll share a lot, and you know, I, I I'm not overly secretive. So no, that's good.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good to have that relationship where you can be honest with the uh, the listeners or the fans and mm-hmm. whatever, and and that that able to, to contact you and feel like they know you. That's yeah. why I wanted you on just so people can know a little bit more about you. And Absolutely. We're going to talk now about basketball. So give us a recap of last season, how it went, what went wrong, what went right. And just tell us about last season.
1: So they went, uh, 18 and 14 last year. They, uh, got to the NI, women's NIT and lost in the first round at Auburn. It was really kind of an up and down year. Uh, they had a couple of, uh, four-game winning streaks in the middle of the year, but they also had a four-game losing streak right uh, late January. Uh, They had a really bad loss at Houston. It looked like the season could spiral the wrong way, but they kind of rallied with a win at Tulsa, and they kind of turned it around. I think they were very disappointed that they didn't get to host a women's NIT game. Like, they were not happy that they got sent to an SEC school for the first round. They thought you know, host a first round game, then maybe get sent to an sec, but, uh, yeah, that's the way it went last year. It was, you know, there were times where they were brilliant. I mean, the games that stand out to me, uh, one of the most exciting games I've ever called was a game at Troy, which went into overtime. The final, I think was 103, 100, and it was just a wild game. Troy hit a shot at the buzzer. and, And so that was a great win. And I, I got to be honest, one of the great losses of the year was against the national champions, LSU. Uh, Tulane had it down to, I believe, six or eight at the end of the third quarter. Uh, Marta Golich hit a three at the buzzer to cut it close. And, you know, it was the best environment at Fogelman Arena at Devlin the whole year because when they hit that shot, they're like, oh, they might might do it. Now they ended up losing by 15, but they pushed the national champs and we saw how good they, they were, so... Uh, yeah, it was one of those years where everybody seemed to endure a shooting slump, but then they would re- rebound. Or you know, like Marta Gallant started the season great from three point range, but then teams started tr- defending her differently and it made it harder on her. They had a Rachel Hakes who was who was a uh, transfer. She was distributing the ball early, and then they started to pressure her more. So they never really played. I think the way they wanted to all the time, but you saw flashes of really good play from them. And then obviously some flashes of not so good play.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if it's just me, but is there like a a big uprise in the attention of ladies basketball with the WNBA? Of course, the national champions, LSU and, and Tulane basketball. It seems like, Ladies basketball is becoming a big interest all around. Absolutely.
1: absolutely. I mean, all you got to do is look. Last week, Iowa played an exhibition game at their football stadium against DePaul and drew 55,000 people for a game that didn't even count. Uh, women's sports in general, obviously, is exploding. Uh, you saw the volleyball match in Nebraska a couple couple weeks ago where they had 90,000. But women's basketball in particular has really taken off. The stars are getting marketed, which helps a lot. Uh, the WNBA is finally in a firm footing where there's solid owners. It does, It's not just a pet project for NBA owners. And so there's legitimate interest there. The ratings are through the roof. And Lisa Stockton even said it at the uh, media day. This is the, the most exciting time in women's basketball. And she says even more so in the next three to five years, it's going to explode. And
0: what a thrill it is to have Lisa Stockton as a coach for so long here and Hall of Fame, most wins for a Louisiana coach in lady basketball history. So,
1: yeah, yeah, she passed Leon Barmore in the middle of last year. Uh, that was on the road and a huge celebration on the team flight home. Everybody was really excited. Uh, look, she is One of these coaches that will be hard on her players, but they love her. Everybody loves her. Um, She has transformed Tulane basketball. She's been there 30 years. She's the 13th winningest active coach in college basketball right now. And uh, she still loves it. She still has a passion for it. And she's adapted with the times. Look, with the transfer portal, constantly you, you lose a couple players, you gain a couple players. This year is a perfect example lost a couple players from last year's team, brought in a couple players, and so it, it's that's the way it works now and if if you're going to coach today you have to be adaptive.
0: So now that brings us to this <laughs> year. So talk about the new players here, the players we lost or what we have going for this year. What's the outlook for this season?
1: All right. Well, first of all, players that just graduated, Rachel Hakes, who I mentioned the Fairfield transfer, really solid point guard. She has graduated. Uh, she, she started all 32 games last year, averaged almost five assists per game. And then Dinah Jones, the team's leading scorer last year at 12.5 points per game, leaves Tulane as the ninth all-time leading scorer. So you're losing two big parts there. And then they had two players transfer, Kyle Wormsley and Ijah Grant, both moving on to Grambling. So they have some newcomers, and and the last name of one of these newcomers will be very familiar, Hannah Pratt who is related to Michael Pratt. That's her brother. And so she's transferring in from Columbia. She uh, played four years there this past year. She averaged almost 10 points and uh, five and a half rebounds per game and led Columbia to the WNIT finals last year. So she's a really good player that coach Stockton says is really going to bring a lot an inside presence can shoot the basketball. And, and Lisa has talked about maybe a little more positionless basketball and you know, a center is not necessarily going to be in the low post this year kind of thing. So that'll be interesting to see. And then the other transfer is uh, Kayla Rainey, who's coming in from uh, Northwestern where she played for four seasons, uh, played in 86 games, averaged five points and three assists per game uh, last year. And then uh, two freshmen coming in, Lily Beth Baugh and uh, Joy Madison Key coming in as freshmen. But returning, you still have Marta Golich, uh, Kyron Whittington and Irina Perot, who were starters last year. I think Kiara Middleton is going to be a key player. She was penciled in as a starter last year, and then she had a little bit of injuries, but when she came back, she was dynamic. So, uh, Jaylee Womack, last year freshman, uh, tore up her knee against uh, Southern. She likely will be back at some point, and she's good, a good young player, and a Myra Avery, a good young player as well. So, They've got the pieces coming back, but I think what's coming in by the transfer portal is obviously going to help as well.
0: Who's the one player you think is going to be, have a, a, a great season? Who's to, Who are you looking for to be the player for the Lady Green Wave?
1: Uh, I, I mean, I think you look at returning wise, Kyron Whittington had a great year last year. Uh, She was a three-point shooter, even though she says, I'm not really a three-point shooter. She's worked on her game in the offseason. She talked about that recently at the media day. And so I think she's going to have an outstanding year. And then Marta Golich, I mentioned, you know, she had some troubles in the middle of the year when teams started defending her differently. She's mentioned, you know, she's working in a little more of a mid-range game. So she's not just relying on shooting the three-pointer. Maybe she can shoot... From 15, 18 feet. So I think they're both going to have big years. And like I said, Karen Middleton showed flashes last year. I mean, she was huge in the win against, uh, I believe it was Cincinnati, where she went on a run of three-point shots. So I think those are going to be the key players. I think Irina Perot uh, is an excellent rebounder. Uh, she really is a good defender as well. She's coming back. And so I, th- I think... I think everybody's going to look at Marta Golich and Kyron Whittington to lead the way. Uh, and then hopefully there's enough support all around. And And Coach Stockton wants to run more this year. She said last year the, the ball, uh, it's referred to as sticky basketball where somebody just holds on the ball and is dribbling. She wants it moving.
0: I know that um, we're spoiled with a coach like Lisa Stockton, but – how does the fan base react to Lisa and the Lady Greenway? What's the fan base like when you, at the games, are are they, you know, do we have a good crowds for them? How, how is it, and what did the fan base look like for this season? Are they getting really behind the Lady Greenway?
1: I think so. I think so. I think it's a time here at Tulane where everybody's just excited about sports in general. I mean, the football team, what they've done, look, the men's basketball team last year probably should have been an NIT, NIT team, and they weren't. Uh, baseball team struggled during the regular season, and then did what they did in the postseason. Women's basketball wants to ride that wave—no pun intended. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I, I think I think everybody would agree they would like to see the crowds be a little bigger. But I think you could argue that with the men's team too. I know, I know going into last year, Ron Hunter wanted to have at least four or five sellouts, and I think maybe they had a couple. I think everybody wants. New Orleans to rally around this team this is New Orleans team and so I I think the passion is there we just want to grow it even more
0: we're talking to Paul Boron he's the uh, voice of the uh, Lady Greenway basketball and WRBH will be carrying uh, the broadcast for the games coming up now the season starts on what date
1: Uh, uh, Monday the 6th November 6th uh, five o'clock against Stetson Stetson okay How's Stetson look uh, they went 13 and 20 last year, and uh, they are out of the Atlantic Sun. Uh, they they they've had one meeting against Tulane all time, and that was all the way back in 1985. So not exactly a, a history, but uh, they're, they're called the Hatters. The Stetson Hatters is their uh, team name, and they went uh, six and 12 in their conference last year. So obviously. Feels like it should start the season with a win, and it's a 5 o'clock start on Monday the 6th, and then they follow it right up with a game against uh, Nichols at 6 p.m. on the 8th. Uh, Colonels, last time they played Tulane was back in 2020, and uh, Nichols has a new head coach in uh, Justin Payne, who's a former player on their men's team, but now is the coach of the women's team.
0: Oh, okay. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the... um the way the um, fans get involved and ticket sales and uh, where can people get tickets, you know, besides students, where can adults go? Can they go to a website or how do they uh, get Uh, tickets?
1: Yeah. You can, you can go right to the Tulane athletics website. And once you go into the schedule, you can click tickets. And I believe there's an updated list of all the promotions for games. And they, they, they try and get people involved uh, with various promotions and things like that. Tickets, uh, you know, we we ha- constantly have ticket deals, too. So, uh, yeah, if you just go to the website, uh, easy enough. But there's also the box office right at the Wilson Center where you can buy all your tickets right on campus.
0: Now, I know things have been different lately in college sports because now players can get endorsements and, you know, get paid, so to speak, for their representation of the university. How does that look for Tulane? Do we have any big deals going or is there any player that could Take advantage of that.
1: Honestly, uh, I know Ron Hunter joked about a couple of his uh, men's players that they were making more money than him. Uh, I don't know if he specifically highlighted anybody, but uh, yeah, it's a new world with college athletics. And and I don't know if it's for the better. Uh, I think. I think it's good for the kids, but I'm not sure it's good for athletics because, you know, My feeling is, you know, especially when it comes to football in particular, and especially a big program, if the quarterback is getting a million dollars in NIL deals, you know, what is the motivation maybe for the second string wide receiver? You know, does it create tension, jealousy? That's all. And when I heard about NIL becoming a thing, that was my number one thing. Uh, I think you're also seeing that it's, affecting the way recruiting is going we mentioned i'm a florida alum there was a guy that was going to come to florida and be the quarterback and he didn't feel like he was being offered enough basically Mm -hmm. and so he ended up backing out of his commitment and i think he's at arizona state now and so there's a lot of that too and then you know schools with big boosters you know they're big big businesses they can sign these kids to big deals and then sometimes there's boosters that spread the wealth among, I've, I mean, I've seen NIL deals where the entire team gets something, not a lot, maybe, but the, everybody on the team gets, you know, a similar amount. So it's, it, I mean, it's a new world between the transfer portal and NIL. It's, it can be frustrating for coaches for sure. Especially older school coaches. I mentioned Lisa Stockton has adapted, but I remember talking to a couple coaches, even at LSU, who were older in their career. And they were like, I don't know how much longer I want to do this because you know, especially with the portal, if a coach is too critical of their players, mm-hmm. they may lose them, you know? And so that's, that's kind of hard too, you know, cause then you have to change the way you coach. So, I mean, look, I will be a college sports fan forever, but I'm a little more det- like, even with my, my school, I'm a little more detached from the school. Like I root for them every Saturday, but like I maybe could name 10 guys on the Florida Gators right now. That's how I've kind of, there's too much turnover. You can't keep track of everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, talk about your prep work. What do you do when you're about to approach a game? When you have a game coming up, I know you have so many games going, going, <laughs> going on in the week. So what's your prep work? How do you get ready for a broadcast?
1: Well, I mean, if we're strictly talking about, a two lane broadcast. Uh, I, I, mean, I can even kind of show you one of my folders. It's not going to do our listeners any good. But um, basically, we have like a chart, and I've got basically a template with two lane, and I'll fill in on the left side some team stats. And then I've got some basic stuff with each player uh, listed, you know, their hometown, that kind of stuff. I can leave. It's never going to change. What they did last year is never going to change. And then I'll put in what did they do their last game? What did they what have they done this year? Is there did they win a conference award this week? And then two lanes is the easiest to do because I just have to update the info. Uh with Stetson, I've never seen them. So I'll be starting from scratch, filling out their boards. So that will take doing the visiting team actually takes a lot longer than the home team because you've got a lot of your home team prep. It's just updating it. So that's the interesting thing. I, I Posted a picture on my Facebook. I guess it was three weeks ago. And I, I even said, for those of you who think that broadcasters just show up to the game and talk. And I had four pictures. I had done a high school volleyball game uh, on the Thursday. I had done a Newman High School football game on Friday. Saturday, I had I was doing Tulane Volleyball on ESPN+. Plus. And then that night I was doing the Nichols football game on radio at Tulane and I, I showed my boards and, and, and showed how extensive basically it is. It's, it's not the, and, and look, I think I do a pretty good job of prep. I know people that just are immersed in it at, to me, it's almost too much information and I'm old. I'm getting older. You know, I can't have super small print without re- 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 pulling out the reading glasses. But, uh, no, I, I mean, there is definitely a lot that goes into it.
0: Yeah, if, uh, listeners, uh, if you can see what I'm <laughs> seeing here, um, it looks like it reminds me of one of those uh, big charts that the offensive coordinators yeah, have in NFL. Yeah. I mean, it's just a bunch of information on these on this uh, two sheets here that he has in front of you, and I know that's just – just a, a small part of the broadcast. Right. Yeah, so. ba- ba-
1: basketball is easy. I mean, <laughs> football—you you've got to—I mean, you got to go too deep at every position, basically, and put information on all those guys. So I'll have a big, almost poster board, half poster board, and offense on one side, defense on the other, and you got to have it for both teams. So in a press box for football, I'll literally put them against the window and just flip them over when the offense and the defense switch, basically.
0: So what I respect a lot about radio broadcasters and hosts and sports play-by-play is that, you know, you guys paint a picture because it's radio. Right. For this station, people are visually impaired and don't have vision or low vision, and you're basically giving them that information, that visual image that they have in their head because they cannot see. So what you guys do that is so awesome is that you guys describe it I uh, I guess perfect is a a poor word to choose yeah. because nobody's perfect. But y'all paint a a very good picture for us to imagine and and can kind of see in our head what's going on by the description you all give.
1: It's interesting too because when I told you like when I got back into it here in New Orleans, the first thing I did was radio, but I wasn't I wasn't good at that. I wasn't really descriptive, and then I started doing live streaming which was more TV-related. And when I finally got back into radio, you know, I had some critiques, and they were just like, you know, for football, make sure you say what hash line it's on. Are we moving right to left? Say the score and the time constantly, you know? So I try to do that as much as possible. And it's hard to... Because, you know, you're sitting there, and you got to tell yourself, they're not seeing what you're seeing. So you got to... Be descriptive. So that's one thing I know I've gotten a lot better at from even five years ago. Being descriptive, you know, which direction are we moving? Or in basketball, you know, top of the key, kicks it over to the right side corner. You know, just beyond the three point line, out of the wing, down low, grabs the rebound, kicks it back out. Up, to, you you got to. And it, obviously, with basketball, it happens pretty quickly a lot of times. And uh. I do, I occasionally get to fill in my, one of my favorite sports is hockey. So hockey is actually like, if I ever got offered, you know, obviously not super low level, you know, I've, i got to make a living, but mm-hmm. you know, if I ever got like a, a, you know, minor league hockey job, I, I would be dr- thrilled. But to circle back to the point, you, that's a sport that's so fast and it's hard to be descriptive because things are happening so fast. Yeah,
0: that puck that puck can really move <laughs> yeah. and, and it moves so much. Um I re, I had um when he first got hired, Mike Haas, the voice mm-hmm. of the Saints yeah. after a first couple of preseason games, he talked about that specifically. I need to get better at describing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and being professionals that you are, you know that you have to work on something that, yeah. that may be a weakness. Yeah. And that's the great thing about it because you know you want to get better at what you do. And you're doing it by describing and figuring out, oh, I got to be more descriptive. And, and that's awesome because it, it shows the professional that you are and the thought process goes into you. You're not just going in there just to wing it and just, you know, but, just be an announcer.
1: And the other part of it that's hard too is you want to be able to kind of tell some background. Tell And and I've gotten caught a lot. Even, you know, baseball used to be lend itself to you can kind of weave in a story. But now with the pitch clock, even that sport is a lot quicker. So I have found myself where I would start into with a background of something and I'd have to change gears real quick because something was happening, you know? So that's certainly something I've had to work on too. Like if I'm going to tell this coach's background or an interesting story about a player, I got to make sure that we're in a, a stoppage where I can get to it. Plus, you know, we have what, are called sponsor reads, obviously. So we have to weave those into the broadcast too. And and if you ever hear Corey or when I fill in for Corey on the baseball, there are a ton of those. Every walk, every home run, every RBI.
0: <laughs> That's true, and uh, you got to keep those sponsors happy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we are talking to uh, Paul Boron. Uh, He's the voice of the Lady Green Wave basketball, and you're going to be hearing those broadcasts here on WRBH Reading Radio for the Blind this season. First game again was Monday? Monday, November 6th. November 6th. Great. Paul, thanks for joining us.
1: I appreciate you having me. It's nice to finally meet you. (laughs) Yes, and and thank you because uh,
0: I know we're going to be listening a lot this season. You're going to hear Paul quite a bit over the next few months on WRBH for the Lady Basketball Hoops for Tulane. This has been the Public Affairs show on WRBH Reading Radio for the Blind. Thank you for listening. I'm Carla Redondo.